Hello, and welcome back to another week of the DP World Tour Picks and Bets. Skylar Hoke here, as always, joined by Tom Jacobs over the pond. Tom, how are we doing? Good, yeah. Uh, looking forward to another week on the DP World Tour. I think we've got a better understanding probably of this golf course than we did last week, right? Like a new golf course to everyone last week. Uh, first week back, kind of not entirely sure where everyone's at with their games and, and what to expect. Whereas this time around, I think we're we're fully fledged, know what to expect, know what we want. So encouraged by the sixth from Sean Crocker, uh, continues his good form. He never really, like when Rory came back into the fold, right? Um, he made the quadruple, was it on Friday? On the on the par three? Yeah, Friday. Yeah. Um, yep. And it kind of brought him back in, it brought Rasmus back in. Neither of them really kicked on as much as we wanted to at that point. Um, but solid enough week, uh, got got the kind of process, I think, pretty much right. It just uh, didn't quite land on the players we wanted to. So uh, looking forward to the Dubai Desert Classic, I think it's a good course for us. Yeah, 100%. I think we said it where we were just going to dip our toes into the water a little bit last week and, you know, to no surprise, it could have easily been a three to one Rory wire to wire win. I mean, it's good for Fleetwood. Yeah, it absolutely should have been ridiculous in a lot of ways that he did not um, win. But sometimes that can be Rory. Um, but good for Tommy, you know, birdie, birdie finish after I thought he kind of blew it on 16 and Thristen Lawrence was going to walk away with a win. Uh, that I think that was the most encouraging. We kind of noted how would Thriston play leaving South Africa and he picked up that form uh, in a big time event. So that was good for him too. You know, my, my selections never sniffed anything pretty much since they teed off on Thursday morning, but you know, it's a, a little think, rusty there, but. I think Lawrence is a really interesting point. I think, I think we potentially referenced the fact that he struggled in the Middle East and that's what kind of put us off and, Look, it was the three miscuts here that he's had in three starts at this golf course um, that eventually kind of put me off him. And because it was hard to ignore his current form, right? Like he was he was well there. It's no surprise he finished second the way he's been playing. It's now going to be really interesting to see if he's developed his game enough to play well at a course he's never played well at. And that will be the really telling sign of Lawrence. I, I assume it's because he's not the longest of hitters that maybe he's just struggled a little bit here in the past. Um, but you'd think it'd at least make a cut, even with with the kind of shorter distance off the tee. So whether there's a fundamental issue fundamental issue here, or whether he just needs to come here in in better form, we'll uh, we'll see. But I think you know, just jumping ahead there, like he's 45 to one this week, and I haven't picked him, but I could certainly see the case for him again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we are like Tom said, Hero Dubai Desert Classic Emirates Golf Course. Last year was the the Rory Reed duel that they had to close out um this is a rolex series event so basically what we would refer to as an elevated or a signature event of the dp world where uh points are a plenty um you know deeper field full cut that we have unfortunately I, it's kind of the same type of discussion that's happening on the pga tour side where a, a lot of or a good chunk of the guys who got the elevated status from graduating from challenge tour or the corn fairy tour guys you know aren't all in this field. It cuts off halfway through the challenge tour guys. So um, not everybody getting the opportunity this week. And those that are, you know, good chance to really kick off your year and, and continue with um, kind of opportunities that will come. And if we look at previous winners too, like we mentioned, we had Rory win um, last year. We've kind of been a who's who of winners. Victor Hovland won in 2022, 21, Paul Casey, 2020, Lucas Herbert, 2019, Bryson DeChambeau. We'll save the 2018 winner for one of your selections later on. 
Um, but yeah, some, some big time winners to your point, driving distance is something that seems to be a little bit of a parallel on, on a lot of those guys. Um, but you know, I kind of worked our way. Rory does lead off the odds board. Anybody up top, um, I guess, let's say sub 20 that, that you thought was intriguing. I think, I guess there's really only three or four. Yeah, if we'll throw Rory Hatton and Fleetwood. Yeah, like, I, I think Fleetwood could definitely go back to back. I, I, I can absolutely see that. Uh, I think he can take a lot of confidence from, as you said, like as much as Rory kind of threw it away, birdie birdie finish still has to happen right for him to win that. And I think that's totally. there's a lot about Fleetwood and, and he'll take a lot of confidence. So I could see that. If you start going a bit further down to Moronk and Harmon, they're obviously both interesting um, inclusions. Moronk is obviously the more experienced in this part of the world. has been fourth here. Uh, but no, didn't didn't get to any of them, um, which I'll come on to my first pick in a little bit. Obviously, we'll shoot you off first at slightly shorter odds than myself. But uh, yeah, I think it's a great event, which is the main thing. Absolutely great event. Um, anytime you're looking at kind of Harmon, Young, and players like from the PJ Tour who are 25 to 1 on the DP World Tour event, you know it's a good field. Absolutely. No, it's really cool that Harmon and, and Cam Young are over here. And that's actually only a, a couple of the Americans or PGA guys now that we have that uh, extra category for those that were uh, on the list playing. We'll talk to but those. They have deeper odds. But yes, Cam Young, um, Harmon in this range, the Hoygaard boys right there too, Rasmus and Nikolai, um, Fox and Scott. We're talking about a couple guys down under. But the one that I feel um, is... To me, standalone, that that fits the game. Now, I guess you could say Cam Young kind of has that ball striking type, but it was so good in a lot of ways to see what Joaquin Neiman closed out 2023 with. You know, he's been irrelevant in, in the minds of so many of us, I feel like, for a substantial amount of time. Might get tipped from major to major um, just because of that that ceiling that we know is in there. But that finally came to play with a fifth and a first in his two Australian um, events there. You know, he had closed out. I mean, if you look through what his years have kind of been, I mean, when he was playing off of live, there was some decent finishes. I guess T32 at the U.S. Open, T14 or 16 um, at the Masters were also in there. Played really, really good, I believe, at the closeout event in live and then just kind of carry forward um, that form. So if I'm looking, and this is, again, speaking of, you know, what his game of what we know, hard to judge sometimes because we don't get the strokes gained side of live and the motivation factors. But Neiman is, is the best parallel, in my opinion, to all of those guys at the top of the board. And the other interesting note, um, Nosferatu I was talking about it again this week. Neiman is 70th in the world right now. A win would get him inside the top 50. You know, you and I last week talked about what's his status going to be now that he is in this event. Can he keep DP World Tour membership basically and play yeah. to get in that top 50? You know, he he's fun to root for because of his game. You know, it's it's interesting to watch. Um, and I, I just I think this setup at Emirates and what we've seen fits perfect for Neiman. He's 25 to one. There's uh, if you want that just straight up outright or there is each way opportunity with that to six places in the States as the deepest odds. I remember saying at the time I thought Neiman was potentially the biggest loss for the PGA Tour. Like just at the point of his career, he'd obviously dominated Riviera and his game is just so suited to the PGA Tour circuit. He was at the prime of his career, like he was going to be a major contender, all these sort of things. And I think he 
was one of those people that really lost a lot from going to live. Whereas we've seen DJ come and play well in majors and Kepka, Bryson, you know, Kepka's obviously won one. There, there was plenty of players that play well in the majors whilst being on live. Neiman, I mean, look, he, he finished 16th at the Masters and then 20th or whatever it was in the US Open or PGA, whichever one it was. But like, he never felt like he was going to contend, which is something I thought going into that year he was. I thought Neiman was kind of capable of doing what Victor Hovland's done, really. Um, yes. That kind of breakout. So I, I think you're right in identifying him as that type of player. I think if he was a PJ Tour player now, coming over like Brian Harmon and Cameron Young was, I think he'd be shorter than both of them. I think he would be 18, 20, 21. I think it's the fact that there's still a little bit of unknown on him as to why he's kind of pushed out to this, despite the fact that we know the last start he won. Um, I I think he's a better player than Cameron Young. I think he's more proven than Cameron Young. Not to pick on Cameron Young, but Cameron Young is struggling. And I, th- I think that's the biggest distinction there at the odds board. Yeah. Yeah, that to me was just uh, the complete parallel there. And I think there's a lot of cases to be made in the late 20s, early 30s on the odds board. I know um, you're pretty keen um, on one here. So you can go next on jumping back into the well on on your most typical offer, I'd say, of of 23. Yeah, I'd have thought so. Look, I I find it really hard to leave out uh, Rasmus Hoygaard, but I went with his fellow Dane in Phil Bjorn His, you know record here third fifth eighth and seventh in the past 35th and 16th even the last couple of seasons just absolutely loves dubai golf a couple of seconds in uh dubai a couple of thirds and fourth in in the qatar masters as well and obviously as i said there uh, a couple of top five finishes on this golf course didn't have his best stuff tee to green and approach last week but he was still right in the mix going into the final round third place shot 71 and, and fell away I'm willing to chance, and I said to you on the show last week, I was kind of hoping that he would not win last week and we'd get a little rise up in the odds, and, and this happened pretty quickly. I know that's more because of who's in the field as opposed to people giving up on him, but he just feels like he's been in the mix for basically a year now um, since he's kind of really dedicated himself back to the DP World Tour and been allowed to play. And look, 17th in the Open de España, 9th in the Andalusia Masters, 9th in Qatar, 3rd in the Ned Bank. Uh, 26th at the DP World Tour Championship, where he's ninth going into the final round. Just a really strong finish to the end of the year, and then comes right back out third after 54 holes last week. So that, with the with the additional course form as well with Olison, I, I found it very hard to leave him out. I think the performance, you know, tee to green last week was a bit of a baseline for him, kind of 19th in approach, and I think another top 20 um, in tee to green. I I think there's better to come from Olison. I think he's going to win again a couple of times this season. Yeah, I mean, I think he could win on the PGA Tour this season, right? Like, I think he's somebody who should be able to step in right away and compete. And I do think there's something to be said for him making the decision to, I believe he's now a Dubai resident. I think that's where he lives and calls home. So, you know, staying home to play these events versus probably get into the Sony, probably get into the Amex, right? Like, you're making that decision to almost bet on yourself, Um that you can compete enough on the PGA tour when you get there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like Campillo, there was an article. I don't remember who, who wrote it. Um, I'll have to go back and find it. I think Ben retweeted it um, where it went through each of the 10 guys, like motivation on what they were thinking for the year. Like Campillo is another one who's staying to play at least the Dubai events, if not beyond before coming to the States and felt like he was like half in half out where yeah. it's a little disappointing because 
Rasmus would have taken up and ran with that. You know, yeah. like I hate that those guys got cards over him and aren't going to really utilize it in that manner. Um, but mood point, I agree. Thorborn is a, uh, he was the guy probably left off or next on my list. Cause I, I really like Jordan Smith too here. If you talk about kind of similar history in a way, you know, 29th, his last two times here, fourth last week and kind of just like a steady ho-hum fourth. Like, I don't know. Jordan Smith has definitely evolved in, in my eyes or yeah. I think the, the eyes of golf Twitter, just of what he has now done. Um, I wouldn't say it was like a surprise contention or it was always like a, you're waiting for the, the ball to drop. You're waiting for the shoe to fall, you know, like it. And now like, I, I don't feel that way at all with him. You know, I mean, he had an exceptional last year, you know, top 20 in a major, you know, multiple top five finishes, you know, what he had won in, 22 to close out the year like it's a it's a new jordan smith you know and um to me overall i just think again if i look at some of the ball striking last week's ball striking was exceptional by him approach game was typical jordan smith so if you can kind of emulate that over to to this again this week this type of course now I like 33 with places more than 40 to win outright just yeah. because of what yeah, we yeah. have this, this history with him. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that, that to me was the guy that jumped to me when kind of looking at some course, you know, parallels of, of past success. I think you're right. I think he has evolved. And I think, you know, this is a guy we kind of referenced Jordan Smith of what we thought maybe someone like a Dan Bradbury could be um, in the sense that he's performed so well in majors in his short career. And I think that's testament to the player he is. I think he belongs higher up this lead uh, odds board in, he just struggles to get there because he just doesn't get over the line. Whereas kind of Rasmus and Nikolai have won, you know, early in their careers. It took Jordan Smith a little bit longer. He's, I think he's still got, you know, two wins or whatever, but it's just a manner of the couple of times he's thrown it away to put people off, but he's still relatively young, like in golfing terms, he's still relatively young. He's still got opportunities ahead of him. And I think he's a player that, you know, could play really well on the PJ tour. Um, it's interesting. You mentioned, the players and their motivations. The weirdest one's Perez. Victor Perez has not played DPR Tour or PJ Tour in the last two weeks. I guess is he hurt or just like I don't know. Like I don't know, I know that on. wrist. That wrist was always the the thing, but I'm not sure. Yeah, definitely an odd he, decision. He's not been here. Um, in this area, I, I thought Yannick Paul was interesting. He keeps just yeah. playing well, right? Uh, I think I think with Paul, the reason I went elsewhere, and I'll come on to my pick. Uh, next was that I felt Paul went through St. Lawrence just to let that little pop off the tee that I kind of want, um, which is why I went with Laurie Cancer in the end. Uh, 60 to 1 best price, I think 40 to 1 with the each way, which I think is good value as well. I think this is out of sight, out of mind case here with Laurie Cancer. I think that, again, another one like Neiman just played really well towards the end of the season in those Australian events. And I was really encouraged by that. He should have got on live with the live promotions thing. He should have, he should have got there. I said ahead of Samoya. Uh, he threw that one away. But fourth yeah. the Australian Open, second uh, the Mauritius Open to kick off the uh, to to end the year in 2023 and to kick off 2024. I think he could play really well. He's been fourth on his debut at this event. I think there's an opportunity here with cancer. Whereas someone like Bernd Wiesberger that I'll just quickly touch upon as I was interested at cancer's got this kind of recent form that we can pin our like pin our tail to like we know he's playing well and we know he's played well here and finished fourth whereas Eastberg, he never really showed up on live um don't know what he's been doing recently so 
that's why I've got me canter as a kind of opportunity from the recent live whatever they are kind of comeback players. Yeah, no, I think um, he was probably one. The, the the event last year that popped up my radar was that Open Championship, right? I think he finished 17th, top 20 there, led the field, I believe, in Tita Green um, that week, which was like such a surprise because, again, he had been relatively out of sight, out of mind. I think he opened qualified. And then, like, just kind of following his his performances and kind of backdating it. No top 10s on live, but definitely some some rounds that showed up a little bit. So it wasn't all that surprised when we saw three top 20s, you know, three top fives in a row, basically, if you include the live event from him. And you are getting an odds, I would say, like a mid-range price on him, right? Where was it that you played him in France or the Dunhill Links? You played him, like, I think you put him in. Um, it might have been France. It, honestly, it could have been the ISPS. Yeah. I think I honestly bet him at the ISPS when he missed the cut and he was like 20 to 1. Yeah, like I remember you just, I remember you fashioned to him saying like, you know, he was showing up probably from the Open Championship and it probably would make sense if it was the ISPS, right? Like like after the performance at the Open. Um, yeah. I do remember you going to him and I thought at the time, I thought that's pretty smart. Like I think it, this is 11. I think he's a player that will really benefit from having this settled status on the DP World Tour. He's back here. He knows he's not going to be playing live next season. Um and look, people will forget just how good he was before he went. Um, yeah. And he was a reserve player. He didn't even really defend. He just got him because Sam Horstil was injured, right? But yep. second at Wentworth should have won. Uh, second at the Italian Open should have won. Uh, the Portugal Masters, he shot 66 in the final round and lost to George Coates here. I don't think you can do too much with that. Again, fourth here, fifth at the DP World Tour Championship. So two of his top five finishes on DP World Tour have been in Dubai, which is huge. He referenced the 17th of the Open Championship, one of his better finishes as well. I already said about Mauritius at the end of the year, another second. So the chips fall a different way. He could be a two or three-time winner already. I know you can say that about a lot of players. We talk about one with Smith there, about how many times he could have won. Um, but it doesn't feel too dissimilar in a sense. Like Whereas like someone like a Dan Bradbury has just gone and won their first event, knocked it out of the park early, taken the... There's, there's no stress, no scar tissue, whatever. Cancer might take it a little bit longer, but I think the foundation is there to be a long-time success. Yeah, I think it's a nice way of saying that he might be allergic to winning. I mean, he got some Richard Mansell in him, yeah, right? He, like he that. Richard Mansell. Like that, that's exactly what I just yes. said to Brad. He is Richard Mansell, but I think he's slightly more well-rounded than Richard Mansell. Whereas I think Richard Mansell yeah. relies an awful lot on kind of off the tee. Yeah. I think Cancer is that well-rounded player that they have. I mean, look, I would have been incredibly negative about Laurie Cancer for a couple of years um but that's when he's been 25 28 33 to one whatever he's now 60 to one there's a good opportunity uh in good fields to take him so stick him with cancer yeah yep totally um i'll go and then i'll ping pong it back to you because i know these guys are in the same range um i landed on xander lambard lombard um here in in the mid-range for me and uh I, I think i was even a little hard or maybe kind of threw a ricochet shot last week at lombard in the sense of, you know, who was basically the next best guy, if you looked at, he finished 32nd last year on the Rolex series ranking. So if you took like the top 10 yeah. below the 10, like Lombard would yeah, be yeah. in that. And then you think yeah. about that story of Xander Lombard getting a PGA Tour card. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a, it's a odd brain exercise to think, but all he's done is pretty much impress for a good, I don't know, six event stretch, what feels like, right? I mean, he went... Sixth last week in Dubai, 25th, the Alfred Dunhill, you know, 12th at the South African, 4th at Joburg, 22nd to close out the year. He popped in Spain. He popped in France. Like, 
you know, pretty much since September, he's been on everyone's radar from a, a strong sense of form, a strong sense of game. Um, and I guess we, we, we have a theme on, on this show this week of who we're picking when it comes to, you know, needing to get a victory for the first time in a long time. Yeah. But, um, that's kind of the last like box he's got to check in, in, in that manner. Right. I mean, somebody now, what I've liked here again is, is, you know, success last week from him. Cause right. He's played here four times, missed cut out of three, mm. but he plays well last week in Dubai, you know, kind of has that little bit of pop and, and it's just a, a carryover of form. So am I willing to disregard what the past history was is what would you rather have? Would you rather have the way he shows up now or would you rather have the history? And, and to me, I am thinking about the player right now than what he had been at times showing up here. 66 with the each way I, I think is very healthy um, in that range for me. So I'm happy with the way his game overall, not just has been trending, but you know, if you look at the way he gets it done, you know, very good off the tee player, you know, excels in distance. Um, and last week did find a short game. So if he can find that again, uh, like he has, I, I think that board can be hit with an each way easily, not easily, hopefully. Yeah. But I think, I think when he was second in Spain, right, he finished a weekend at 65, 64, he opened for 66. It was just a second round where yeah. he struggled. And the fact that he played so well over the weekend to get himself back in the mix, I would not be surprised at all. And this is, you know, we've already spoken about him. There's no reason to think that Xander Lombard can't do what Thristen Lawrence have done and just get a couple of wins on the EPL tour and completely transform the way people think about them. Um, and I know that could, could be perceived as a slightly lazy comparison because they're both South African, they both start with L, whatever. But I think I think he's actually not too far away from being that. I think Lomb- a lot was expected of Lombard early in his career and he hasn't lived up to it yet. But I don't think there's a reason why he can't. So I like the, Zomb- I like the Zander Lombard call. I think if he had any course form i think i think you're getting a 20 point boost based on this course form so it depends yeah. how you value it right like i think he's 40 to one if you had even a top 20 here in the past um so and, and they didn't really like the field's slightly stronger obviously it's bigger yeah. but like I, I feel like some of the guys that showed up well maybe because it was dominated by rory and fleetwood yeah i feel like in a most weeks somebody's cut from 60s to 30s when they when yeah. they hit the hit the boards you know so i feel like they're still okay and even we'll talk on some guys later who come in with good form just not last week got got that type of discount too and i think this guy has been similar to to lombard with good form for a good amount of time yeah you and ferguson ninth at the, the event we just referred there in spain 13th for the andalusia masters 16th from Qatar, where he was third after 36 holes uh 10th after 54 holes in the net bank finished 20th and then finishes the year with a ninth to DP World Tour Championship, fifth after 54 holes with a third round 64. Struggled in South Africa, missed the cut, and then withdrew. I guess there was slight injury problems there, potentially. Uh, maybe a bit of fatigue, whatever it was. Um, but he comes straight back out, 11th place in the Dubai Invitational for uh, Ewan Ferguson. Another one, I th- think, potentially, I don't know if he definitely bases himself over here, but definitely practices a lot over um, in yeah. Dubai, it seems to be. Um, I think he's good friends with Connor Simon, who's definitely based out in Dubai. So potentially there's some yeah. sort of link there. Um, but I think with, with you and Ferguson, he's a player that we talked about that the loss he had to Ollie Wilson, and Ollie Wilson made you know career putts to to win that tournament, right? But did win the Qatar Masters, which is obviously Middle Eastern form. We just referenced the DP World Tour Championship in Redson, Qatar uh, earlier this year as well, or earlier this season. Um, 
and then kicks it off with 11th in the Dubai Invitational. An improving player, Ewan Ferguson, I think he's completely well-rounded. He hasn't got the the monkey on his back of getting the wins. He's got a couple of them in 2022. Should have had two more in 2023, um, potentially. So maybe even three. There was, there was a definite chance he could have been a three-time winner last year. I think he was third and fourth in South Africa and then fourth again at the British Masters where he had a chance. So um, for me, we're looking at a player who's, who's ever-improving. Good ball striking last week. Um, which is key. Um, he was second in strokes game approach last week, uh, according to the stats, and second, uh, and then even better, I think, in the T to green category, 10th in T to green. So two top 10s in approach and T to green for Ewan Ferguson. So pretty comfortable with the way he's been playing. Yeah, I, I think it goes underrated how good he is with his irons. No, I, mean, I don't think he gets well. I think I actually said that, Ewan Ferguson. Yeah, I... I I think it is underrated how good, like, I still think it's underrated how good Bradbury is with his irons. And yeah. like, statistically, Ewan Ferguson is very, very similar in that manner. It's been a good stretch of golf where his irons have been, you know, best in, best in class, best on, yeah. uh, on tour. So yeah, I mean, that always plays, you know, so, and he's a winner. I think he does have that, that little bit. Of, and you know what he also likes to do? He's definitely friends with with Connor Stein and they get after it a little bit. I swear yeah. I see these wedding videos on Instagram that these guys are just the life of wedding receptions. Yeah. So love it. Hey, I like that too. That, yeah. that, that's a that's a tick. That's a, that's a good tick for us in the <laughs> box. So um, okay, you like there. So I am living with um, two golfers before we close. So you just have one more, right, Tom? Yes. Uh, two. Yeah. Two more. Two more. Okay. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. I have um, three more left here um, before we align on one. I guess two, and then we align on one. Again, if we zoom out, Australia, I never knew. And, like, the first example when I think of, like, layoffs was, like, COVID, okay? So, like, substantial amount of time between form. And what was super interesting, what I remember, and this is a little – coincidence that he's back in the field this week but daniel berger was somebody who entered covid with an insane run of form like he was the best golfer on the pga tour like for maybe not best but like Mm -hmm. one of the best in which it had been kind of out of the way berger had been playing and then there was six months off or you know however long i've been to be four months and it was like is this golfer going to pick up where he left off yeah and not everybody did I think Berger was in a playoff, the first event back. You know, it was like nothing ever, like, you could have been the next week, and you would have been shocked at the way the form continued for some of these golfers. So I'm not going to discount what we just saw in to close out 2023 because we have eight eight weeks off for however long it's been. And two golfers in this, this range, to me, fit that bill. One being Hoshino. You know, uh, Rikuya Hoshino, who is um, 80 to 1 with the each way in the States, second and second in those two Australian events, lost in a playoff to Min Woo Lee. I think that was the one he lost, was to Min Woo. No, Neiman ne- might have beat him. Neiman. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so, so Neiman won that playoff over him and then second the week before. And then if you look at what Hoshino has done, right, I mean, he does have a profile to him. I mean, he is, you know, been around the block a little bit when it comes to, you know, being on the Japanese tour, but plenty of wins, plenty of good starts um, over there. And then 
really got for the first time some continued uh, events on the DP World Tour. Wasn't as good as what I'd love or thought he might bring. Right, he had a sixth at Ras Al Khaimah. So if you look at the area there, he had a third at the BMW International, seventh at the Irish Open. Those were, you know, pops for him. But then we saw back-to-back great events rolling into this event at 80 to 1. I just think you aren't seeing a second, second, and then show up at these odds too often in this type of field. I'm not saying that it's not a strong field, but it definitely can get stronger than this. And we see shorter odds for people with that type of form. Yeah, look, I'd hate for people to think I'm generalizing. It's not. They're obviously one's Chinese and one's Japanese. But I think Hoshino, to me, strikes me as like this Ashton Wu type player who I think is just very much capable of coming in and picking up a couple of DP World Tour wins quickly. And I, I think we were on him a couple of times last season, thought that was going to happen based on the strength of what he's done in Japan. And as you said there, finished the season second and second. And for all intensive purposes, was really strong in that final round in the one that he lost um, in Australia. Right? Like I think a lot of people praised how he played down the stretch. 27 years old. I think I got really excited about Hoshino in one event last season because I was looking at the fact that he had won basically every year uh, in Japan, hadn't he? 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. Um, didn't win in 2023, but obviously then loses to an eagle, by the way, on the second hole to Joaquin Neiman. So he's not even, you know, what else can he really do? Um yeah, I'm really impressed by Hishino. 26th in the US Open in the past. I don't think he's going to be worried if he gets himself in the mix. Slightly shorter off the tee is, is yep. the point. That, that's my kind of point when I say about Ashton Wu. Like, I think they get it done in a similar way. Deadly accurate, can can really, you know, have got to experience in different levels and, and can do it here. I think there's a lot to come from Hishino. Yeah, so he was one that, you know, his short game can definitely carry him at a stage like this. But the one that I think I was most shocked about was still being able to get Jaden Trace Caper at 90 to 1 after being ninth, fifth, seventh, sixth in his four events to close out the year. You know, we've talked about this kid since he was 17, right? He's 22 years old now. Seems like a you know, wily veteran how long we've been betting this kid. But that I guess 23 wasn't what I would envision for him after getting, you know, his full card came out hot at the gate. I think he had seven or eight top twenties early on. And then until that fall swing was basically irrelevant Mm. and to stream that amount of golf together for him now, weaker fields in his home country, virtually some sunshine tour, you know, type of events, but, I don't want to say he held his own because he definitely, well, he held his own when it comes to finishes, but final groups and potential victories might have slipped a little bit. You know, like I think he definitely faltered in some spots where he could have, like, you know, Burmeester won those couple events where he was just the last man standing in a lot of ways. You know, he played great, right? But nobody challenged in, in, in some ways. And you know, I would have hoped Scaper could have done that. Um, but to get 90s, this field with the form, and now we've got some more statistics on him. He's not as long or like as ball striking of a prowess as I would have originally thought he might have been. He actually has shown, you know, to have some decent putting, quite a good putter overall. Yeah. Um, but I'm just not going to deny somebody that has coming in with that type of form here at these odds 
I think look, the, the jury's out on whether he can do it outside of South Africa. It's, it's literally as simple as that, right? Like he hasn't done yeah. it outside of South Africa yet. You've already referenced that. But I think that's why you're getting 120, 125 to one. Like it's, mm-hmm. it essentially is, can he perform outside of South Africa? He's already made a cut here in the past. That's great. It's the type of event that should suit him, type of course that should suit him. Um, yes, you would hope that he shows something soon, but it's, as you said, 22 years of age or 21 years of age. Like it's, there's so much to learn. There's so much. Well, like when you're playing in South Africa, you're just you're completely comfortable. You know what you're doing. You know where you are. You're staying at home probably most of the time. Um, whereas you know things change completely when you go into the DP World Tour and travel a bit. So um, absolutely happy to give him another chance. And I think I think the next one that we obviously both agree on is someone that has got that you know ridiculous distance. Um, in Alejandro Del Rey, and he is someone that has shown it um, in the right places as well. And I think with Del Rey, I think his form overlooked a little bit. Like, like I think it's kind of been passed by the wayside. 25th at the Dunhill Links, he was t- uh, 10th after two rounds. He was 17th uh, in the Open de España. He was 7th after 36 holes there. Uh, 27th at Qatar, which I love. Good bit of form line there. And then finish year fifth and seventh in South Africa, where I don't think you'd necessarily think he would do that well. Um, wouldn't wouldn't strike me as someone that I'd expect him to do well. And and what I've liked as well is that in addition to showing that kind of form um, in Qatar, he's shown the links form as well and, and and playing well in the wind. So if that happens, I love that. I think he was at Arizona State, right? So he's got yes. this kind of yeah. desert form, which I think is huge. And also Again, could be a little bit of a lazy comparison, but I don't mind making it. Alvaro Quiros, 2011, wins a year after Miguel Angel Jimenez and wins a year before Rafa Cabrera Bello. There's three Spaniards winning in a row. Sergio Garcia wins in 2017. But what do we know about Alvaro Quiros is that he does it with his distance when he was one of the better players uh, on the on the DP World Tour at the time. That's how he did it. Del Rey has that ability to be that player. Um Quiros obviously went on to win seven times on the DP World Tour between, you know, there was nine years apart between his first and last win. Is Del Rey going to win seven times on the DP World Tour? It's very hard to predict when they haven't won once. Um, but he's won on the Challenge Tour. He's won on the Alps Tour. He's won everywhere he's gone so far, except for the DP World Tour, where he was third in the Singapore Classic, ninth at the Canary Islands Championship, which was another low-scoring kind of wide-open event where you could hit it. I think, was that the one that Higo won? That the Canary Islands, yeah. right? That so he's yeah. performing in those kind of places where you want him to. Adrian House was fourth that week. Um, I think that kind of shows you what type of player he is. And I he hasn't played here yet. And I think we're going to find someone. You look at Arnaus. You look at uh, Angel Hidalgo last year, eighth on his debut. There's something about these desert, wide open events that the Spaniards love. And I think Del Rey is perfectly placed, especially the form that he's in, to take advantage of that. And if he doesn't play this week, I can promise we're going to go back to him next week. Because <laughs> yeah. in my head, I've already been thinking about what Ras Al Kaima odds look like. And we yeah. know that is same area of the world, crank up the distance even more. So yeah. if we see even some some decent life out of somebody like Del Rey here, I mean, we are absolutely going back next week. But no, I, I agree with you. And I think we are getting some discounts when we look at three players in a row. Hoshino, Scaper, Del Rey all have zero history here. Yeah. So, you know, again, some good course form, uh, a top 15 last year probably has these guys at, at lower odds. So. And, and when I look at, and on that point, Scott, which I think is a really good one, 
Julian Brun, fifth here last year on his debut. Angel Hidalgo, eighth on his debut. Um, they're, they're two people that just come to mind straight away or that I'm looking at straight away. But there, there's others that have played really, really well on their debut. Um, Houghton Lee finished 39th on his debut and then won the following year. Scott Jameson, fifth on debut. Like it, it, There's people that have just played really well straight off the bat here. Laurie Cantor, as I mentioned earlier, fourth on his debut. Mm-hmm. So there's players that just turn up, play well. It's not a course that you need to figure out. It's just one that's right in front of you. Go and play it. And I think that'd be huge for Del Rey and the place that he's at in his career. Yeah, absolutely. So we are both aligned there, 125 to one in the States with the each way. Um, Tom's got one more pick here, but I'm going to make sure I give a shout out to our audio listeners. You can find us on Daily Fantasy Sports, Picks in Bets, The Mix, available on all Mayo Media Networks. Um, you know, for any of your, you know, uh, what is it? commute needs we are here for you this is coming a little bit later normally we're up on monday evenings for your tuesday drives will be for your wednesday drives and we've got a stretch here again another week in dubai next week and then uh beyond that do we have a little break time I, I know they like to give us sometimes a, an odd schedule to kick off the year yeah, let's I, see no we're rolling they split i know they split up into different swings this year so i think they're, they're yes. more kind of keen to keep a bit of continuity which is good um do you want to dive into the final pick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. with your pick. Yep. Final pick, Houghton Lee. Uh, he's still 200 to 1 in the States. He's dropped massively from 300 to 1 down to 120 in the UK. But what did we learn last year about Houghton Lee? He finished 8th for the Porsche European Open, uh, 18th for the Porsche European Open, won the BMW, you know, the following week. Uh, when we go back to 2022, 12th at the Sony Open, missed the cut in Abu Dhabi, but then 32nd in Dubai Desert Classic, 3rd in Raz Al Khaimah. Um, he just when he finds it, and it takes him a while to find it, like I think he missed like 20 cuts in a row last year, whatever he did. Um, but when he finds it, he's awesome. 14th last week at the Dubai Invitational. And it was the way that he did it. Uh, 10th in strokes gain approach. Um, and 10th also, I believe, maybe even better. 14th, 16th in strokes gain to green. Um, so just really solid. Now, this is a player that can shoot 80 in the first round we can shoot 62 uh you have to take that chance with Houghton Lee but as I said earlier 39th on debut into beating Rory McIlroy in his second start here followed that with a 12th when he was second after 54 holes in his defense and even two years ago when he wasn't playing very well 32nd so for me how Houghton Lee does his thing is he just backs up a promising start and that's what he showed last week it's very much that he's 200 to one. He's a course winner. He's been, you know, in contention again the following year. Is he that player anymore? Probably not. But that's why he's 200 to one as opposed to 45, 50 to one. Um, and I'm willing right. to take the chance that he does what he did last year, which is 18th into first. Um, and this time it would be 14th into first. And he was consistent all week. 10th after round one, 15th after round two, and then 11th and 14th over the weekend. So. No, he didn't quite get himself into contention, but yes, he was solid all week, and that's huge for someone that was so terrible last season. There's, there's no getting away from it. I think we we saw the flash of him winning in 2022, and we thought, oh, this is it, House on Lee's back. I think he had LASIK surgery, and everyone kind of got excited, and maybe that was all that was problem. Obviously not, um, but I think he's I think he's ready to to go on and win after last week's performance. As electric as it gets, you know, How Tong. It's good. It's good to have him back yeah. in the street. The, mo- the most volatile player in the world, like. Oh, 100%. I don't, I don't know of a more followers I'll play in the house on me. Um, and if there is one, um, I'm not interested in them. I'm interested in the house on me. So. 
Amen. Cool. We'll close it on that note. Um, Tom, we review your card for us here. Yep. So Phil will be on Olison oh, for me. I, actually, I'm going to stop you. Cool. We haven't gone through like some randoms in the field. We like to do that. Let's do that yep. before. Let's we do get it. it. Sorry to, to put an immediate halt. But that was a that was a huge halt on my uh, my start. I know, but I, I was going to close the show, and it's not right when there's like the number one amateur in the world in the event, and we didn't even talk about him once, right? Michael Thorburn Olson. Yeah. I guess he's second to Sergeant, I think, or right in that are seeing it up for the first time in um I think three months. He had issues, he had to withdraw from the Walker Cup. Um and I thought that was uh, intriguing that this is the he, first time he's seeing it up. He was great here last year, right? Like wasn't he in Yeah, he was the yeah, I think he was thirty six hole leader yeah, or type of first twentieth. Ludwig Ober was first round leader and then Thierborn yeah. was in the mix. I think I I definitely tipped one, if not both, last year. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting. And there was another knee. Well, Guido finished 13th last week. I didn't want to, you know, let that go go by. Um, but, yeah, it's like the Kevin Tway, the MJ uh, Defu, um randomness that we're going to start seeing in these, these fields over and over again as this new category has existed. Um, is there anybody else that – you know, we want to make sure we we touch on. So Brad mentioned a name to me on the betting show, which is yet to be released. Joshua Grenville Wood. Yeah. Um, yeah. Loves the Middle East. He's actually changed his nationality uh, to the UAE, so he's now the top ranked player, which means he gets in all of these odds, uh, all of these events. Uh, very smart. Is that how uh, he did that? Really? Yeah. Yeah. So he he's now ready to go. Uh, he's been in contention. I think he was potentially uh, Qatar. Last year, I think he was he was right in the mix. Yes. Uh, played well. Uh, so Brad, shouts out to him there. I, it wasn't on my radar at all, but he likes him kind of first round leader to get off to a fast start. So one worth mentioning there. A couple of names I was really surprised. At, like five hundred to ones. I mean, this is obviously win only in the in the states, but like Kawamura and Manasero, both five hundred to one. I thought it was just wild to me. Like everyone will know kind of how I feel about Mateo Manasero. Um, yeah never really done it here i think 12 is his best finish so there's nothing really for me to kind of go really strongly on but just surprised by how big he is considering the story he is and then nick backham who's a you know huge hitter he's 400 to one so and we mentioned svensson at the start of the season didn't we about these kind of big hitters that i think can just yeah. play well on a course like this so there's a couple of names there that i think can fill out kind of DraftKings lineups and things like that but not strong enough that i can say they're definitely gonna kind of get in a mix yeah, I wanted to mention Bakum and Svensson both because I hope to see a little bit without a lot this week yeah. because, like we mentioned, driver heavy for next week. I think that's where we can really get those guys and, and get sure. a shot and um, get into there. The only um, – Kevin Chappell and Dylan Fratelli were the other two <laughs> that are here. You know, so, so odd that we're going to start seeing this. Just a, a shock. The did, other amateur – go ahead. in through Q school? Did he qualify? Did he get a card? I don't think so. I don't, I don't know why I thought that, but I'm sure he played in it. He definitely, I'm pretty sure he played in the live one too. Yeah, he played in Chapel. Players in position 126 to 200 in the final. Uh, so like Schwab is, is in the field getting that too right. um, from, from the PGA side of things. I don't know. I was just disappointed that the challenge tour guys, like you don't get all of them in an event yeah. like this. And if you go down even further, I mean, 
I would have loved to have seen those leading players from the other order of merits. Nakajima doesn't get a spot in this field. Yeah, Michaluzzi doesn't get a spot in this field. You know, like, and none of the Q school guys do, you know, either. Like, it's, it's just a interesting. The other amateur team get up this week um, is, I think he's, he's Danish too, uh, is Frederick. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> could, could, like, Fred, Fred, yeah, Kretschrup sounds good. Um, who's got a decent um, little amateur because uh, you normally we get a couple invites. He's 15th in Wagger. He um, closed out the year kind of mediocre, but he had opened up um, quite strong. He's nowhere near the odds, but they priced in Durbjornsson. You know, like he's got it. If if it wasn't for his injury, he would have caught my eye because he could drive yeah. the ball like almost all of all these guys. So I'll keep an eye there. But um, I didn't want to close out without running through the field. So yeah, if I'm absolutely. able to ask, and you you deserve to cut me off whenever and now, Tom, your card for the week. Cool. I'm not going to cut you off. I would never do that to you, um, despite you doing it to me. But <laughs> Jorgen Larsson, 33 to 1. Laurie Cantor at 60 to 1. Ewan Ferguson at 90 to 1. Alejandro Del Rey at 125 to 1, who we hope is going to be our kind of dual winner here. Uh, and then Hao Tong Lee at 200 to 1. Perfect. I am on Joaquin Neiman at 25, Jordan Smith 33, Xander Lombard 66, Rikuya Hoshino 80, Shaden Trey Shaper at 90, Alejandro Del Rey 125. Would love a dual winner to kick off 2024. We will be back next week. Like we mentioned, Ross Alkaima. It is going to be driving distance heavy. So if you have leans early and the show comes out late Monday, that's kind of our early vibe when we get to that course. So um, feel free to, to hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at SkyHookDFS. You can find Tom at TomJacobs93. And on that note, we'll sign off here, Tom. I appreciate you as always, and we will catch you guys next week. Thanks so much.